everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. In a day and age when fake news is more the headline than actual fact, these national news publications, Time Magazine and Newsmax, got it right when they named my next guest as, quote, America's historian, a hero to millions, and, quote, the top 25 and top 100 most influential evangelicals in America today. Why? His exhaustive research, expertise, and tireless efforts to communicate and document America's forgotten history, its heroes, and the moral and religious fiber that make up our constitutional heritage, for starters. From his massive library museum of tens of thousands of original documents and artifacts from early America, there is no disputing the facts which have made their way into popular history books now used in schools across this nation. As an expert in historical and constitutional issues, this, I would like to say, Paul Revere of Truth and Justice has espoused his findings before the Supreme Court, the halls of Congress, and anywhere his 400 speaking engagements per year will take him. He is the recipient of several national and international awards, co-host of the daily Wall Builders Live radio program, and best-selling author of several books, his latest, which we will talk about today, This Precarious Moment, Six Urgent Steps That Will Save You, Your Family, and Our Country, in collaboration with co-author James L. Garlow. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a wonderful honor indeed, founder and president of wallbuilders.com, David Barton. David, welcome to Testimony. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me. David, before we begin, and it's great to have you, I must give a shout out to our mutual friend and your collaborator, Dr. James L. Garlow, whose frontline efforts on behalf of our nation is also well documented, and we'll be getting his take as well in the days to come. And also, a dear friend, Susan Howard, actress and activist who first recommended your amazing work. So great, we could finally connect today, so let's get right to it. David, why did you decide to write this book, This Precarious Moment? You know, we in America have an unusual problem, and that is we take a lot of things for granted because we've been so different from other nations. And just one example, we've had the same Constitution for 231 years. Great. Yeah, but the average length of a Constitution in the history of the world is 17 years. See, we're so used to stability, we just think it's always going to be here. And we're so used to prosperity. We, we, do, do you know the people living in poverty in America, statistically speaking, live at a higher level of lifestyle than the average middle class in Europe? So, I, I mean, even poverty in America, that's why everybody in the world wants to come to America. If they can just live in poverty here, they've elevated their lifestyle. We don't think of ourselves in that term. We just think of how great America is, and it's so great that we can complain about it and criticize it, and we can have all these protests because we're such a terrible place. 
we we have no clue who we are, but because we are who we are, we just kind of take it for granted. And the problem is that both history and truth, as well as statistics, show that we got some real problems going that that may may imperil us. And here's a great example: we've had recorded history of socialism goes 4,500 years. It goes all the way back to Genesis 8, 9, and 10. Uh, the first attempt at socialism was in the Bible. It was a failure. As a matter of fact, God openly condemned it. And so over the course of the last 4,500 years, you've had thousands of socialistic governments, thousands. And they've all tried different things and new things. And here's the challenge. Name a single socialistic government in 4,500 years where that, that government has increased prosperity of the people and increased the freedom of the people. And you will not find a single one. Okay. So what's it have to do with us? Right now, 75% of the students in college think that America should be socialistic, think that we should have a socialistic form of government. 53% of students in college think that we need to change the First Amendment free speech protection. 19% of students in college think that violence is an appropriate response to speech with which you disagree. Now, these are all things we've taken for granted, but there is a huge change on the horizon, not just there. Uh, the church has decided to disengage um, from a standpoint of evangelicals in America, born-again Christians, and Jesus said you can't enter the kingdom of heaven if you're not born again. In America, born-again Christians have fallen from 47% to now only 31% of Americans are born again, and that's in the last 15 years. It's wow. plummeted. 95% of Christians do not share their faith with anyone else. And currently today, 72% of born-again Christians think that you can get to heaven other than through Jesus. And you have 47% who think that Jesus said, well, he's on earth. And if Jesus said, then you can't get to heaven through Jesus, period. So we're looking at, at things going on in church, at, at things going on with, with our next generation, at things going on with immigration and racial relations. And, and there are six things that we are at a turning point in America if we don't get these solved. And we're not looking for government to solve it. What we did in this book was said, okay, every one of these six areas, there are things that individuals can do that will turn the ship. And that's why we think it's such an important time. Uh, we've arrived at a place America's never been at. History and statistics tell us we can't continue to be here. We have to, we have to do something, go back and reverse or go forward and, and you know, no longer be the nation we have been. And that's why we call it this precarious moment. How would you describe the word precarious? It's really a dangerous, it's potentially dangerous. It's when, you know, I'm on my ranch right now. I'm a cowboy in Texas. It's when I walk up on a rattlesnake I did not see, and he's trying to decide whether to strike me or whether to back away from me and leave me alone. That's a precarious moment. I'm looking danger in the face, and there's a decision that has to be made about which way we're going to go and whether this thing escalates or whether we de-escalate it. And that's the precarious moment. We are at a tipping point unlike any we've ever faced in America. And we've got to look it in the face and decide what we're going to do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to David Barton, founder and president of wallbuilders.com, heralded historian and author of his latest must-read, This Precarious Moment. David, how did we get here? You know, that's, that's a great question, and the Bible answers that in a little by little. It's little by little, line on line, precept on precept, a little leaven leavens the whole loaf. We actually have to take most of these things back to the 1920s, 30s, and 40s to see where the seed of these ideas got introduced. 
and then we watch it grow over time. And so now we're at the point where that uh, back in Matthew 25, when Jesus is the parable where the disciples came to him and said, "Hey, looks like the enemy has been out in the field sowing tares. Should we pull up all the tares?" And Jesus said, "No." Or the master in the parable, Jesus said, "No, you can't do that because if you pull up all the tares, all the weeds, you're going to pull up the good good stuff with it. You're going to have to let it grow, and then there's going to have to be a harvest time at some point." And so what's happened is all these tares, all these weeds have started growing up among us, and now they are as much as the good stuff is. And there's got to come a harvest point where we say, okay, now we're going to have to go in and just clean it out and get this stuff out of here. Uh, it's at a point of maturity where that if we don't deal with this, we're going to have serious trouble. So it is a slow process. And part of what we do is we, we go back, even with the relationship of Israel, we go back to 1917 and show that all the things that we're facing right now, it's been 101 years coming to, to where the, the crisis America is facing in our relations with Israel, which right now currently happen to be very good. But still, policy-wise, there, there are some lurking things that need to be dealt with. So, or, or whether you take immigration, uh, this is something that we've been putting off. Immigration really changed back in 1891. Our philosophy of immigration did. It escalated in the 1920s and 30s. And since 1980s, we have taken a, a, a really different view. But again, it's been incremental. So we really show how all this came to be. And now that it is where it is now, now's the time to get in and, and kind of separate the wheat from the tares and get this thing fixed. David, I had a recent guest that talked about anti-Semitism in the textbooks and a quote from Hitler that said, give me the textbooks and then I will give you the state. Would you say that is probably a core reason why this millennial generation think the way they do today? Well, the, the part of what we know with this millennial generation is education right now is no longer education. It is indoctrination. And I don't say that as hyperbole. I don't, you know, I'm not making a big deal over what it is. I'm just pointing out that right now, education, the kids that come out of it, what they do is only 27.6% of students graduate and are able to use their degrees to get a job. Three out of four students have a degree, they can't get a job. We know from government statistics right now that the age of adolescence has been extended from 18 years old, which used to be when you're 18, you get your driver's license and you get a loan at the bank and you register for the draft and you register to vote. And The government now says the age of adolescence extends to 35 years old. You're an adolescent until you're 35 years old because that's when you decide to engage and, and take on the culture and become mature. So I, I'm not using hyperbole to say that it's indoctrination. It literally is. If you look at Harvard course catalog, and Harvard's one of the elite universities in America, at least that's its reputation. If you look at the Harvard course catalog right now, you will find 295 listings for sexuality in the Harvard catalog. Really? Is this what we need to be teaching most of all to, to go out? No, this is indoctrination. And this is why four out of five uh, who graduate from college right now believe there is no absolute moral truth that is individually determined that I can choose what I want. And so we are at a point where education it has, particularly higher education, has failed. It's done a great job of telling young people that we need to be socialist. It's done a great job of telling them we need to get rid of the Constitution. You should not allow people to disagree with you. If they have a different viewpoint, you reject them. And if you need to be violent, you go ahead and do that. It's, I mean, this is the reality of where we are. So that's, uh, again, why we call it this precarious moment. That's a dangerous place to be. 
but we're going to have to look at this in the face and, and face it down and say, no, here's what we're going to do in our schools. Here's what we're going to do in education. My kids that are going to school, here's how I'm going to inoculate them from what they're about to face and see. And so this this is one of those things where that this is not going to be a corporate solution. This is in the sense of a big body. This is going to be a solution where that each individual is going to have to engage. And this 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 winning will be done at the individual level by individual people making decisions on what they're going to do. And I imagine that's why you look at six different areas in your book, This Precarious Moment, and apply the biblical as well as historical background to each of these areas. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to best-selling author, speaker, renowned historian, and founder of wallbuilders.com, David Barton, whose latest best-selling in collaboration with co-author James L. Garlow, This Precarious Moment is a must-read. You can learn more about David Barton's work, ministry, and mission by visiting wallbuilders.com and get his book, This Precarious Moment, Six Urgent Steps That Will Save You, Your Family, and Our Country. You will be blessed you did. David Barton, thank you for taking precious time to expound on issues that are critical to our nation's well-being as brilliantly outlined in this precarious moment, a power-packed look at where we are as a nation and how we got here. We look forward to hearing much, much more next week. God bless you. Thanks for having me on. God bless. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensenbard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D dot com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensen Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.